Interstellar. Does it live up to the hype? And more importantly, is it a good Nolan movie? I'm Mike. I'm Darren. And this is Popscorn. Welcome to Popscorn, this is the Fowl Entertainment Movie Review Podcast and this week we are going to be talking about Interstellar, the brand new Christopher Nolan movie. Um, how long has this been out again? Um, it's been out about a month I'd say. It's really? Wow, we are late getting to this. What? No, okay. Three weeks, okay. possibly two, but uh, it's not this week, let's face it. The main bulk of reviewers who normally do this kind of stuff have already got to it and had their say. <laughs> Who cares about those people? Uh, yeah, we, we they don't know what they're we talking about. We clearly have the right answers. Mm-hmm. Um, so as as is Pop's contradiction, we're going to talk about um, what we think of the movie on the whole as a first, uh, and then we're going to delve more into spoiler territory. We'll flag up when that happens, though. So don't worry. Uh, first part of this podcast will be completely spoiler-free, where we're going to be discussing it as a piece of film, and then later on we'll be talking about story, plot, etc, 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 etc. So... Darren, we'll start with you this time because I started with Guardians mm-hmm. last week. Your general thoughts about the movie, and then we'll go into a little bit of analysis. Let, let's preface this by saying we've not discussed our opinions in the slightest. That's a point, yeah. We don't know what the other one thought about it. Yeah. So, right, I'm about to give you some controversial opinions. Okay. And uh, I'm having said that, I do have some thoughts. <laughs> Callbacks. Yes. Um, oh yeah. If you haven't uh, listened to our uh, episode about the Star Wars trailer, go ahead and listen. And to the that. Jurassic Park trailer. And the Jurassic Park trailer. Mm. Go ahead and listen to that either after this or before this. Whatever you want to do, it's up to you. <laughs> I apologize. I don't the, rule your life. I apologize for the amount of time I took to talk about Jurassic Park. Yeah. It happens. Okay. <laughs> Carry on, dear. Um, so if you're easily, I'm not going to say anything offensive. I don't think, but. This isn't what people might be thinking from a new Chris Nolan movie. So if you're a diehard Nolan fan, you may want to clock out. Not about to say, I'm about to say some disparaging things. Let's let's put it softly that way. Right. Okay. To explain my point of what I think has happened, I have to make three little examples. Okay. Okay. Go on. This is Chris Nolan's The Room. Wow, okay. <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> the Room, for those uninitiated, are, is a movie so bad it's good. It is uh, made in the mid-2000s, I think. It Tommy Wiseau? Tommy Wiseau, yeah. Right, made the movie. And when I say made the movie, he directed, edited, produced and starred in it. And wrote it. And wrote it. He, it his pet project, he put it all together. So he was so far buried up his own arse, he couldn't see the wood for the trees. He didn't know that he was making a terrible piece of crap. This is Chris Nolan's The Room. To further elaborate on this, this is Christopher Nolan's Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Crystal Skull. Wow, okay, two insults. Oh, we ain't got to the third one yet. Um, <laughs> George Lucas didn't set out to make a bad movie, but he was so convinced of his early successes that he thought he could do no wrong. And as Temple of the Crystal Souls showed you, yes, he could. Badly. (laughs) This is Christopher Nolan's Temple of the Crystal Skull. Now, to fully explain what I think has happened, how we've got to this point, I have to explain it through... I'm going to explain it through a medium that can explain everything in life, and that is the medium of professional wrestling. Okay. 
There was a man by the name of Vince Russo. You're never likely to have heard of him. Now, Vince Russo was the head writer of the WWE in the Attitude Era, which was the time between 96, 97 to 2001, where wrestling was at the height of its powers. It was when Austin and Rock and The Undertaker and it got mainstream things. It was He was put in charge when WCW, the rival company, were beating the shit out of WWE. They were losing. They were going out of business. They needed change. They put this crazy man in charge of writing and he came up with some of the greatest ideas. Well, he at least helped to create the Attitude Era. He helped with ideas, storylines, plot devices, characters, sure. that made everything good. Now, he had Vince McMahon working over something. Vince McMahon's the owner of WWE. He was a filter. Everything he came up with Vince Russo had to go through Vince McMahon before it became gospel. So he filtered stuff. He could direct the manic, crazy energy of Vince Russo in certain places. And it worked fantastically well. They made a lot of money together. Da, da, da. WCW started to lose and lose badly. But they were owned by a rich company. So, in their desperation, um, some point in 99, I believe. I'm probably wrong on that. But they made Vince Russo a mental offer for a wrestling writer. Crazy money. And he took it. And he was took it on the proviso that he would have complete and utter free reign to do whatever the hell he wanted. And with that power, he helped kill WCW via multiple gunshot wounds to the foot. Uh huh. <laughs> he wasn't the only problem because if you've ever read, <laughs> you've never read this. I've but never if anybody read it, no. who's ever read the death of WCW, it was the worst company in the world. They were run by idiots. They employed idiots, and they let idiots run the building. Right. Vince Russo had no filter. Vince Russo was so successful that they thought, you know what, you can do no wrong, here's some money, go crazy. He went crazy, it was awful, he had no filter, it all went to pot. Vince Russo is Chris Nolan. Chris Nolan is Vince Russo. Wow. Let me explain. He did Batman. Everyone thought, well, that's Batman, that's easy to do, but he did a fantastic job, we'll give you that. Try Inception. Inception was awesome. Now it's got to the point where Chris Nolan says, I want to make this movie, and they'll go... What's it called? Interstellar. Who's directing it? I am. Sold! Go crazy. No filter, no quality control, and it's led to Interstellar, which is a bad movie. Wow. That's an opening statement. A six-minute opening statement with a mini-history of wrestling. Let me immediately change it. About a space movie. It's not a bad movie. There are some very good things going on. Yeah. But this isn't a good movie. No. There are many... Many problems okay. that we're going to get to lambast in a moment. So okay. that's 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 the place I'm driving from. Sure, Michael, I'm a little taught? bit I'm a little bit kinder than you. I certainly don't think. Okay, the way that you've likened it to Vince Russo, who I don't know, but saying that this is as bad as the room, I think you're totally in the wrong ballpark. Oh, I didn't say it was as bad as the oh, room. Oh no, no, it's, it's Chris Nolan's Chris the room. Chris Nolan's the room. Well, I think Chris Nolan has made worse movies than Interstellar. Not many worse movies, but some worse movies than Interstellar. But no, no way should Interstellar. And this is what I've seen on reviews on the internet. It is being likened to Inception. No, Inception is Chris Nolan's magnum opus, in my opinion. It is the best example of Nolan. Yes, above Batman. Don't give me that look. Definitely above Batman. The Dark Knight, though. The, whatever. The Dark Knight. Shut up. Okay, let me make this point. Interstellar is a movie with grand scope, with 
amazing visual direction that you can't fault this movie looks oh, pretty. I do not no. do that at all. It is good. Okay. It's kind of like, you know the phrase, don't judge a book by its cover? Um, also, judge a book by its content. Because if you judge Interstellar by its cover, say, for example, you saw the trailers or the posts, you're like, this is space. a... Space! Be- yeah, it's like, it's a beautiful looking space movie directed by the guy who did The Dark Knight. What can go wrong? Then you open the book and the book is full of people wanting to punch you in the face and give you a terrible story. Yes, a terrible story. Um, characters that felt... Erratic yet robotic. That's a very good yeah. description. Uh, and plot threads that literally just made. Li- I, li- I've, there's not many movies where I've gone, oh, for God's sake, I might walk out. There was a point in Interstellar where I was like, <laughs> I know the point. Yes. <laughs> and it was like, I'm seriously thinking about getting out of this movie. But however, credit to Nolan, three hours, it didn't need to be goddamn three hours. No. Three hours of this, and it didn't stop being pretty, and it didn't stop being engaging. It's. I know that the adage is that you you know it's very hard to look away from a train wreck, and this wasn't a train wreck. It was an ungraceful movie, uh, but it was a very pretty ungraceful movie. It was like a it was like a beautiful woman first trying to learn how to be a ballerina and failing miserably. It was kind of like. It's. I put it this way. It would be. It would. It would be Natalie Portman as she was just signed on to Black Swan. It's like oh. I can't do ballet. Oh no! Look at me. I'm failing horribly at doing ballet, but I'm looking good whilst doing it. That's what this movie. Okay, is. You, you've saved that. Well done, Michael. Um, okay, now we have to pick apart the problem. So, what can we do without spoiling it? We can talk about acting performance, yeah, and we sure. can talk about right. We can. We're going to agree on the best part of this movie, yes, which is the visuals. Holy crap! It looks good. Did you watch it in IMAX? No, I didn't watch. It I in IMAX. did. I watched it on the smallest screen. At showcase, and it still looked great. My showcase, your showcase. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> it was, the only, actually, it was the, actually, the only showcase with a showing after ten o'clock. So I yeah. could actually probably tell you if it was the smallest screen, but I'm not going to. Whatever. Um, I saw it in IMAX, and the the broad here is space when they're going around Saturn. Yeah. Oh. The wow. only problem was one of the people sat directly to my right and down a bit insisted on turning his phone on when they did the space shots. So all I could see was pitch blackness and bright white iPhone screen. That irritated me, but that's not Chris Nolan's fault. Um, (laughs) So when it was the panoramic shots and anything big and broad, and even when they went on the planets, awesome, beautiful. But I expect nothing less from Chris Nolan. He cannot do no wrong on that part. A fantastic looking movie. So we think we're going to agree on that. We are. We are going to agree on that. Okay. Shall we come to McConaughey first? Well, lots of women do, but I don't think we should, Michael. Well, whatever. <laughs> um, For God's sake. Yeah, well, okay, let's... I don't like McConaughey. This isn't a bad point against Nolan. This isn't a bad point against Instead as a movie. I don't think McConaughey was worthy of that Oscar. I don't think he's redeemed himself enough like Ben Affleck has. Right. Well, both of them known in the past to make fairly average to terrible movies. Now trying to come across as the artiste... McConaughey's got in bed with Nolan, Affleck's become a director and now he's going to be our new Batman. They're trying to redeem themselves. McConaughey, every role he does, he's kind of like, he's got a throat problem and he's from the deep south. It's like, stop, please, try and act. Look at Leonardo DiCaprio, he manages to do it. He hasn't got an Oscar. Okay, I, I, I think, 
I think the comparison to Leo is a bit different because they're two different style of actors. Leo is a very extroverted person. I think McConaughey is more introverted. True. So they 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 they're playing with different you know different toolboxes. But okay, if I'm going to give McConaughey a, a, a tick in the book, yes, right, I've got to say his relationship with I can't remember the name of the actress who played the child version of Murph. But his relationship with that child actress was... the was... name Murphy? Or was it actually Murph? Murphy. Oh, because they never called him Murphy. It was always Murph. Very early well, on, she says, why did, you... Murph. why did you name it? Well, yeah, but they named it after Murphy's Law. Law. They didn't yeah. have to call him Murphy. She could have been called Murphy. No, she was Murph- Murphy Cooper. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's the point. You don't actually learn Matthew McConaughey's full, uh, first name. He's always just Cooper. Oh, that's a good point. Weird, that, eh? Oh, okay. Um, what was I going to say, Nate? So, what was you going to say? You liked his yes, yes. performance with the, the, with the, the performance with, with the child actor. And the child actor for Early Murphy's really good. She was. She was really, really, really good. Really, really um, good. See, if you go and listen to our other podcasts, I talk about how I'm not a fond of another child actor in an upcoming movie. Uh-huh. This changes that. She was really great. In fact, I, I'd probably go so far as to say she's one of the strongest performances of the movie. I could I could second that. I, I, I don't think anyone... Okay, one or two had bad performances, but... To refocus, I agree with you on that. Same thing with adult Murph. She was good too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh good. wait, no, that's a bit spoilery. Um, reverse. Um, <laughs> no, everybody knew that Jessica beep, Chastain beep, was in this beep. movie, though, so it's fine. Oh, is that Jessica Chastain? That's Jessica. I should Chastain. have seen it from the cheekbones. Yes. Um, Sorry, I do. I do want to just quickly point out: ten-year-old Murphy is played by Mackenzie Foy, who is fantastic. She's one to watch. She she did very very well. Um, I liked McConaughey in this movie. I think if he he hadn't put on um. A performance like he did, I think I would have been a lot harsher on this movie. He kept it going. He was what a lead should do. He pulled you through the dark times. He True. was um, the kind of the weird interplay of him having the deep safe accent and being kind of a not a rebel, but like you know he's getting down and incredibly intelligent at the same time. That, that's, that was the weird conflict going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. But it, you know, it kind of grounded him and set him apart from the scientists to let him know he's the real. Man's man, he's the blue collar guy. Is it white? No, blue collars for common people, and yes. white collars for white posh collars people. for posh people. I always get that confused. Um, yeah, he's the blue collar guy, and he ain't going to take no nothing from no scientist. Um, I liked him. I liked Halfway. It's one of the Halfway's better movies, I think. Mm, I, I liked Halfway. No, in this we one. disagree. Okay, no, we disagree. That's cool. This is one of Halfway's weakest movies, I'd say. Her character, um, again, this isn't Anne Hathaway's fault. This is Nolan's fault. Whoever wrote this movie, I'm fairly certain Nolan wrote as well as directed. Uh, I think he did. Um, fairly certainly did. Um, produced the movie with his wife. Who wrote this thing? Uh, Jonathan Nolan. Oh, so it wasn't Chris Nolan. Oh, no, it was Chris Nolan and Jonathan Nolan was the main writer. Okay. Hang your heads in shame for... Um, Anne Hathaway's character, seriously. It's like, we're going to... like They have this team... Okay, we won't go into the plot, but they have this team of, of scientists, and Anne Hathaway is the, the female representative yeah, Anne Hathaway, of uh, Black Dude, and the guy from The Hunger Games. Yes, essentially. Without his cool, cool goatee. Basically. And of those four, even though one of... Okay, we won't get into the spoilers. Even though, you know, stuff happens to that team, she's easily the weakest, and she's, you know, an ever-present force in this movie. She's easily the weakest because... Of how contradictory she is, right? And I really think that she's kind of like we need someone to be erratic and and not have any se- uh, like semblance of like trying to do anything professionally. We need somebody to make things worse. Let's write a woman. It's like no, 
Stop that. Stop. You have better points. Seriously. Better points. I'll get into spoiler territory and why I think that's really, really, really frustrating later on. But Okay. 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 I, uh, I can see your point there. You have got a good point there. She was. She did the best with the material she was given. It's a shame the material was tripe. Yes. Okay. I I am a bit kind on her, but don't worry, I'm going to get meaner later on. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> elsewhere, Michael Caine was kind of um, underutilised in this movie. Michael Caine was just kind of there, doing, you know, you know, being the plot device, being the Deus Ex Machina that he needed to be. Um, I genuinely thought you were saying Michael Caine for a second. I then. was Michael Caine. <laughs> Michael Caine. <laughs> you had the only right. Then Venom turned up. Oh, God, yeah, Venom turned Don't up. Don't you dare. <laughs> this is getting bad enough, not with you. How turning. dare you stand where he stood? <laughs> oh, he, he, he always turns heel in every move I've ever seen him in. And I was just like, what have you got to be here? And I didn't like... It's not Casey Affleck, is it? It's, um, it is Casey Affleck. Oh, was it Casey Affleck? It is Casey Affleck. I didn't like Casey Affleck. Fair enough. He he was very I erratic as well. I think he had a, he had a good reason to be though. It, in fact, yeah. I'd go so far as to say Casey Arthur's character made the most sense in terms of his progression. He did. Yes. <laughs> you can kind of see, but it just something we have to be spoilerific about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was like that's a jump you've made there, Casey Affleck. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> we can't touch on that until we touch on. The spoilers. The spoilers. Yeah. Um, so uh, acting, we, we seem fairly on the fence. Some, some good, some, some, some bad. Yeah. I prefer McConaughey. You didn't really didn't. Okay, so acting's probably the, the higher for me. I'm scoring more points, man. But we're about to get into me hemorrhaging. Very, very quickly, let's just, let's just round up on the actor side. I thought that um, David Gassie and Wes Bentley, who were the other two team members on mm-hmm. on the endurance, were pretty good, very serviceable, um, like. Nothing was really bad about their performances, but nothing really stood out. I forgot who turned out to be my favourite character. The robot. Yes. Who would have thought the friggin' Tetris robots? No, the design was god-awful. Genuinely, I was. I saw the movie with, with a friend, and like when the, when Tark <laughs> first... You ain't got friends. I know. Just, look, okay, it was a, <laughs> it was a sock that I drew a face on, but it turned around to me. And, um... <laughs> Uh, and like when we first saw Tark, or was it? Do you see Case or Tark first? Tark, Tark. Right. It's one of the two. One of the. There's only two in it, but <laughs> it was either Case or Tark. The first time you see them, uh, this uh, my friend just turned around to me and said, "Really?" And that was it. And I just turned back and went, "Just, just let it happen," because it was just the design is awful, they... but then it actually makes sense. Like this stupid lumbering Tetris brick. And then later on in the story, actually shows that it's quite useful and quite cool, and that it has the most character progression. It's a robot, and it has the better characterization and progression than any it of was the humans. Funny, it was entertaining. It was. It just looked like a fridge. That was it. <laughs> it looked like the monolith from two thousand and one. That's you could tell this movie was trying to be two thousand. There's a lot of two thousand and one going Jesus on. Jesus Christ, and a lot of Star Wars actually. Yeah, funny. Quite, quite a lot of nonsense Star Wars, but um... we'll come more into the details of that in the spoiler section, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the right. My problem with the robots was, they seemed like they'd been brought in from a different movie. Yeah, like this was a deadly serious space movie. Actually, echoing your point earlier about like how, um, okay, you know your three part destruction of of Nolan. Are you picking on Crystal Skull, Vince Russo, or the Room? I'm not picking on any of any of those. I'm All adding right. a fourth. Ooh, this movie was originally pitched for Steven Spielberg. 
Was it? It was. Uh-huh. And doesn't the don't the robots to you scream? That sounds like something Spielberg could have made awesome. It does. He would have done a better job on. They couldn't have done a worse job on design because it was just a. It was the monolith. Well, no, even the, not even the designs. Like I, I forgave. Like about halfway to the movie, I was just kind of like, okay, I can deal with this now. Now that I'm over watching these bloody Tetris bricks lumber about the place. Yep. The. I, okay, that's some. I've just thought of a point I want to make about the robots, but again, that involves spoilers, so yep. we'll leave that. There's a little bit more to say about the robots. But... Sure. There's a couple of other uh, people in the movie who did pretty well, like uh, Lord Farquaad as the dad, of course, John Lithgow. Oh, was that? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, okay. the grandfather Donald was played by um, John Lithgow, which was great. Uh, obviously, we've said about Venom. Uh, then, of course, there is another person in this movie. Oh no, we which can't talk about. He's a spoiler, which we're not going to talk about. Um, all I'm going to say about this person is that I wasn't entertained. We'll leave it at that for now. Were you not entertained? I was not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, let's let's briefly touch over the plot. So. But basic plot of the movie. Basic plot. Let's not get into the crazy basic, friggin' loopholes. Basic plot. Uh, is that Earth is doomed, mm-hmm. ostensibly. Um, and it is... <laughs> yes. Ooh. And it is Cooper... <laughs> not the ostensive oh. kind of doom. <laughs> Normal doom would be okay, but not ostensive doom. Okay. <laughs> ostensive doom is a character in the new Fantastic Four. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he actually is as well um, but it's Cooper's job who is uh, played by McConaughey uh, to, go out, McConaughey. to go out with a group of rogue NASA scientists yes they've gone rogue because science is now bad yeah you forgot to mention the ghost well we'll get to the ghost in a minute um, to go out through a wormhole or is it a black hole it's a wormhole because um, it goes to a different part of oh. space Um to find a suitable new habitat planet, um, a lot of a lot of bad stuff goes down. A lot of double crossing, well, again, which we'll come to in the spoiler part of the episode, and uh, it it just boils down to a movie about a relationship between a man and his daughter across the boundaries of space and time when it should have been about space exploration, uh, mm-hmm. which is one of my biggest peeves about this movie. Um, but that's that's really about it. And as plots go, Earth be doomed, go find new planet. Pretty good setup. Because yep. it opens your scope up to a lot of, uh, sort of like, certainly in the visuals, um, a lot of creativity. We can mm-hmm. sort of play about with science fiction a little bit more than, you know, mm-hmm. that we normally get from Nolan. Even Inception, the weirdest it got was we go into people's dreams. Apart from that, it was all very, very realistic, but it works so, so, so well. Yep. Um, and it's a concept I don't think was fully realised at all. No, you are right. Um I think that's about as much as we can do without getting spoilery. Yeah. So if you want to jump out at this point, um, would you recommend people go watch this movie? They do a shorter version of it, because I don't think this movie's worth wasting three hours of your time on. It's a movie that feels like it could succinctly be done in two hours and cut out all the bullshit. Um, I think it's a movie that you need to see in cinemas if you... I actually disagree with you from earlier. I say if you're an Nolan fan, go and check it out, because... It's all. It, this movie is going to be put alongside Dark Knight and Inception and Memento and Prestige in terms of like what kind of crazy plot can we do? Yeah, and it definitely fits in with all that. Um, as a piece of film, as you know, as a movie, mm. 
it's very interesting to look at, it's very interesting to ponder, but it starts to get dumber the more you think about it. So, But this the problem with that is it's not a film you can switch off with. No. If you're looking for a dumb action movie, you're in the wrong place. If you're looking for a thought-provoking movie, you're still in the wrong place. If you're looking for a movie to watch 10 o'clock at night as you're just about to go to sleep and gives you something to ponder and make you fall asleep, mm. it's fantastic and that worked for me. If you're into the visual porn side of movies, this is for you. Go see it in IMAX because that was the best part of this movie was seeing the the grand vistas and everything they went and visited. That was really good. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but... Yet. Yet. But as a type of a warning, don't go in expecting this to be all a space movie. Is that okay? Well, I, I touched on that. I said that it, it boils down to um, like a, a father-daughter relationship over time. Yes, this isn't this isn't you know um, Star Trek. This is no, and also don't yeah. ex- don't expect to become attached to the idea of space. It doesn't become something you can comprehend at all. Prepare to be confused. Yes. Um, Prepare to be confused that's... and lower your expectations. Okay. Say. So I I I can't recommend going and seeing this. It's Having said that, the visuals are not going to come across as good on TV. So, I think mm. that this movie makes a great talking point, but if you're seeing it for fun, don't. Go and see. If you're stupid like us and have grown up, um, like say, like learning media studies or, or dissecting film, it's a great piece of film to dissect and debate yep. about. If you're watching it for entertainment, your money's better spent, especially you, if you live in the States right now, go and see Big Hero 6 instead. You know, we haven't even seen it yet, but I, I can't imagine that The Hunger Games would annoy me as much as this has. So, you know, there's, there's, if you're into Chris Nolan, you've probably already seen this movie. If you're on the fence, I can't wholeheartedly tell you to go and watch this. No. But, you know, make up your own opinion. Yes. So, right, well, wait, now wave bye bye to those people who don't want spoilers. Bye bye. Bye. We actually wave. Yeah, we, did, we are actually waving right now. Okay. So, let's get into the spoilers. Where do you want to start? <laughs> Where do you start, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> the fate of humanity came down to Matthew McConaughey trapped behind a bookcase. Yes, it did. More importantly, this bookcase was metaphysical, and he was the ghost all along. And also, God is humans. Right. Good shitting Christ, this movie made no sense. This, oh, right. We, we can't, this is going to be so hard to do with any amount of structure, because to explain why it's, I've tried to explain okay, to people. let's start at the start. First of all, they don't explain what the hell's happened to Earth, it's just, Earth be fucked, yo. Yep. Let's never teach science. It's like, no, hang on. If we're gonna if we're gonna do this crazy time travel shit, let's not go. Why don't we go back and find out how yep. this shit happened? A lack of explanation is this this movie's biggest problem. Yeah, and the readiness to which people are willing to jump to conclusions is mind blowing. Yeah, to it. Um, okay, let, let, let's okay. Let's try and get some semblance of chronology. Right. Which is which is a harder job as it is with the plot <laughs> of this movie. this movie. So, uh, this was my thought process going through. Up until the wormhole, I was on board. I was like, it's a bit slow-paced, but yeah. this feels like it's getting somewhere. So let me go through the wormhole. Yeah. It's at this point that they then start throwing in the science, thick and fast. The the time anomaly in that, you know, on the surface of one planet, an hour equates to seven years. Yeah. No, I don't want to go into the science of it because it makes my brain hurt and I really don't want to go okay. into it. Let's, let's put it the science isn't impossible, it's improbable. 
Yeah. And it's dumb, more but, importantly. But I thought it was going to be used as a plot device solely. That's all it was going to lead to. They were going to use science as a means, to, as a plot device. Sure. Not as a fix-all, but as a... Because as, I, thought, I thought this movie was going to be, in the end, this was going to be Matthew McConaughey makes it back to his daughter, happy ending, let's go find out halfway in space. I thought that was what it was going to be. And up until he goes back into the black hole at the end, near the end, that's where it seemed we were going. I think if we would have got that ending, I would have been a lot kinder to this movie. But then it all goes tits up, and now I don't know where. To, right, so right, let's let's again chronological. Right, okay, let's let. I actually do want to bring up something on uh, on the Earth side of it. Like you said, like the first like forty minutes before they go into space, even. They're just like, dicking around with a ghost. Yeah, dicking around with the ghost. This is the thing that gets me, is that it feels like Nolan has crammed in too many... Um, like, he's set up all these dominoes, all these, like, film trope dominoes, and gone, how many can I knock over by kicking them with my dick? It's like, <laughs> I know that makes no sense. You can't kick with your dick. You know what I mean? Like, basically, it's just kind of like, kicking I'm going to... them with your dick, maybe. <laughs> yes, hitting them with your dick. Like, he wants to use his ego to show, look, I can do the tropes better than anybody. Look at my big swinging penis. Like, like man is everything, again. It's like, they do ghosts, they do God, they do aliens, and man turns out to be all three. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. How does that work? I yeah. hated that idea. It's it's this is what I mean. He's got so far up his own arse at this point that he he just like well people will just understand. So the vagueness, like the black hole, is explained away by they put it there. Yeah, and you put your hand up and go, who's they? Mm. <laughs> Wait another two and a half hours, you'll find out that but, they but, is man. We don't even get a. Mm. It's just they, they put it there. Anyway, look at the spaceship. Ooh, spaceship. Um. And, uh, uh, this is the problem that, again there's so much bad juju coming through there's my brain there's bad juju right it's coincidence it's just how did like he sent this is the problem when you do time travel and fucking paradoxes I would have more time travel if I was a director yeah seriously I'm just there's no oh. it's like he had to he had to go into the black hole to know the coordinates to send to himself to send himself to NASA which is guarded by a single fucking fence <laughs> It's one fence. That's NASA. They managed to hide the fact they were building rockets, plural. Yeah. And nobody knew. <laughs> I know they've got bigger things on their mind right now, but you notice someone shooting rockets into space. Yeah, and you think that, like, there'd kind of be a bigger reaction when they do launch. It's kind of like, what the fuck is that? No one says anything. Like, the only people who seem to know about it on Earth is Murph. The other kid that I've forgotten the name of played by Casey Affleck and Michael Caine who doesn't age. No. <laughs> That's what I was like, I was like. Murph goes from 10 to 40. And Michael Caine Michael goes from Caine goes... 77 No, no, Michael Caine goes from standing up to lying down. <laughs> That's it, yeah. That's it. And a few liver spots on his face yeah. for age. Um, right, so I, I was on board when we went through the thing. When they started bringing up the time travel stuff, I was like, eh, but I think it's going to be a plot point that can make a happy ending. Then they landed on Camino, and I was like, "Oh, what are we doing?" Yeah, on, uh, yeah the water planet. That was Camino. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's just let's just bring up the the plan. It's like, this is Chris Nolan, visionary director. He can think of any unimaginable situation. He's presenting us with this space epic. What have you got? 
a water planet, an ice planet, and a desert planet. Goodbye. Camino, <laughs> Hoff, Tatooine. That's, that's what it was. It was Camino, Hoff, and Tatooine. So, now, you land on the water planet, and it's the hour to seven hours, yeah. seven days ratio. And they say, like, oh, she's only just crashed. She sent the thumbs up, the woman they sent to this planet to probe it. She crashed minutes ago, hour time, but it was years ago. Hour time. Um, <laughs> now, then you get the visual of the wave coming. Yeah. On IMAX, that was awesome. Then the action part kicks in. And one of the guys dies. It's kind of like, yeah, we made it to the planet. Oh, fuck, he's dead. It's like, yeah, great. <laughs> so then the, when the action starts going and the tension builds up, I was enjoying the movie. There's a point later on when... It stops being fun, when, and I no, think I know which one it is. When they're doing the docking thing later on when Matt Damon's broken everything. Oh, fuck's sake. And the there was, was not on. one, not two, but three dramatic docking scenes. Not every space movie needs a dramatic docking scene. I got into the, the one after the Matt Damon bit. I genuinely <sighs> did. was like, oh, put it in. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a reaction. Put it in, Matthew. <laughs> put it in, Matthew. We can't do it. Um, oh, God. <laughs> when the action kicked up, this is a good movie. Except Let's finish Camino. Right. Yeah, yeah. Camino was visually interesting, but we've seen water. Then they go to Hoff. Yes. Then they wake up Matt Damon. Yes. When the thing came back, because I didn't know Matt Damon was in the movie, I just like, he sat up. I went, oh, fuck no. Matt Damon. <laughs> one person did it. I did. I am so proud. There was only eight of us in there, and I just heard one guy go, Matt Damon. <laughs> To be fair, they hid the fact that Matt Damon was in this movie very well. I didn't know Van Hathaway was in this movie, so they hid that, but then... Who invited you? (laughs) Why why aren't you making another terrible movie, Matt Damon? Go make another Bourne movie, please save yourself. So, So Matt Damon's there, and Matt Damon's like happy to see everybody... But it turns out Matt Damon's gone a bit mental. Yeah. Matt Damon is dicks in space. Yes, he is. He is. And then led to the slap fight that he Jesus and Matt Christ. Because <laughs> basically, right, I feel like we're now just talking to people who have seen the movie. Yeah, yeah. So like, if you haven't, Matthew McConaughey turns heel. Basically, he turns bad guy because he Not just Matthew wants... McConaughey. Oh, sorry. Matt, sorry Damon. Uh, Matt Damon turns heel. All the way through the movie, I was thinking the robot will turn heel yeah. because this is sci fi, the robot always turns heel. Alien. Space Odyssey, da 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 da. It's always the robots that go first. They didn't all the way through the movie. I give them credit for that. They if anything, the me. robots kind of were the biggest heroes because yes. one sacrificed itself. Yes, and the other, and <laughs> it's the other a robot, it can't really sacrifice himself. But yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. They told him to sacrifice himself because it needed more, need to lose weight in order to make the journey. And the robots kind of like, cool, okay, thanks, bye. Yep, and went. And the other robot made it with um, McConaughey into the void mm-hmm. and arrived in the future with him. Great, that robot became a hero. They were like Luke I was Sky- rooting for that robot. They were Luke Skywalker and R2-D2. Yeah. They even got into the docking station when you go into the spaceship at the end like it was an X-Wing. Yeah. So that was Star Wars. Anyway, um, so yeah, Matt Damon basically just wants to go home, is the, the simplest way to put it. He's planet's barren, so he lied to get people to come to him, and now he's going to steal their spaceship and fuck off. Which is the shittest plot point ever, because when you wake him up, just go, yeah, sorry, I sent her that bacon. This planet's fucked. Can I come with you? They go, yeah, okay. Whoops. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like, we've already lost one dude. We were planning on bringing four with us anyway. You can come on board. Yep. Job done. Then you wouldn't have had the stupid, like, the fist fight that only feels complete if you play the 60s Star Trek fight music over it. Like, <laughs> da, 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 Do you know what it reminded da, da, da. me of more than anything? 
Do you know the Safe Park Family Guy episodes? Yeah. When Cartman and Kyle have their, let this be our final battle, and then they just... Yeah, yeah, that Dude, there was in the box. That's all I could think of was when I was watching when I was watching that fight because it's so pathetic. It's so shit. Now they had launcher things. You'd think there'd be like some flying punches or some, you know. And then you remember just, this isn't Edge of Tomorrow. It was just stop it. That's, just quit it. That was in the balls. Uh, stop it. Smash ball. your face in you, will you prick? Um, then then I'll start I, I to, kind of wanted McConaughey to die on half. That would have been. That cool. gonna, and that, it wasn't gonna happen, but it would have. That's been cool. when I started to falter. It was one of the early warning signs that this is a bit weird. So then, then they go back in the spaceship. Matt Damon essentially fucks up the fucks docking everything, yes. But somehow, even though they've lost a good quarter of their engine, everything's fine. Um, when Hanukkah announces, we only have enough fuel to make it to Anne Hathaway's boyfriend's planet. So we go in there. Now. We're going there, and if if we if we can't... Thingy, like if we can't salvage it, we're dying there. Yeah, great. So now we're about to dive into the stupid. Yes, head first into the stupid, because McConaughey's plan is to slingshot himself around the black hole, send one of the robots into the black hole with transmitter info to Earth. At least that's what I think he's doing. He that's, must that's do some research while yeah. So he's going to say, right, come down halfway's planet, meet us there. They're doing that. McConaughey then decides to jettison himself into the black hole and I thought what well, this is just going to be actually let me tell you yeah. it, basically if they if they ended the movie there it would have been right get Aerosmiths don't want to miss a thing we've got a movie no, yeah exactly I thought what was going to happen this is where my train of thought was going and I would have been happy with this ending I thought because of the time differential the robot was essentially have hit the black hole 20 years before Matt McConaughey did so he had enough time to send information to Earth and saying, look, Matthew McConaughey is going to be coming out of this black hole. Because the robot knew what was going to happen. He knew McConaughey was going to jettison himself. Matthew McConaughey is going to come out of this wormhole at this precise second. You be there to catch him. And I thought that was what it was going to be. You know, they would have had enough time to get everything together, launch the rest of humanity into space, and catch a Matthew McConaughey as he comes out of the thing. Gets really out of his daughter. And then you can have the same plot point that happened yeah. after he got put into the space station. What instead happens is Christopher is... Nolan's attempt at 2001 recreated entirely with finger painting. One of the stupidest endings I have ever... Bullshit fucking endings I've <laughs> ever seen to the point where I just... I could not stop myself from sitting in the middle of the almost going, fuck off. <laughs> no, you know what my biggest problem with this ending was? Everyone knows Morse code. What? Why? No, no, that's not the problem. <laughs> no. so, what? Who knows okay. Morse code off my heart? Let's try and make sense of this for people who haven't seen the movie. I'm going to try. It makes sense to me, so good luck. Right. All the way through the early going, Murph was convinced there was a ghost in her room that was trying to send her messages Yes. through Morse code. Morse code in gravitational fields. Yes. And, you know, one time it said stay when McConaughey was about to leave. And one time it left... Gra- they didn't explain how it managed to, how McConaughey managed to do the sand thing. Yeah, more important... Yeah, no, it kind of... Okay, it tried to explain that. What it didn't explain is how the shit do you write coordinates in binary? I don't know. Zeros and ones. <laughs> Unless it's in the very top right corner of the map, you ain't getting fucking nowhere. I know. So, so she was convinced of a ghost. But when Matthew McConaughey left, he left her a watch and said, we're going to compare, compare time... When I get back. Cool. Now, when Matthew McConaughey goes into the black hole, 
you've got look shit hitting his finger and he's breaking up and he ejects and then it looks like he's falling down a tube like he's fell down one of the exhaust shafts in the Death Star and yeah. then all of a sudden he stops and there's lots of lights everywhere and like some incep- and for some reason he can breathe in there yeah some inception shit's going on up, like, you know the change in the background and yeah. things lapping into each other and stuff like that he swims over to one of the where the lights are coming from it turns out he's trapped behind the bookcase. Yes. And at no point in any of this movie is there any semblance of an explanation for what in the name of fuck is going on. There is a very half-assed attempt. No, that doesn't count. That's just throwing big, sciencey, technical words at us. It really in is. hopes that us stupid people go, well, we're just too stupid to understand. No, no, no. no. The, what they're trying to say is that that grid, that grid where, like, uh, McConaughey can interact with that room over time, which makes no fucking sense, um, was constructed by way future humans after he told him, after McConaughey told them what it looked like, mm. which makes no fucking sense. So because again, how did it to... get behind the black hole? They. Yeah, they. No. Which is a, the problem. The humans. We've, again, this is a problem with time travel and the shit that's going on here. So Matthew McConaughey reckons that this is time as a physical entity. That fifth dimension beings. This sounds like something out of a science. Again, fifth dimension book. beings. Being fucking humans. Yes. That they created in order for this to happen. No. We're going to go on basic timeline etiquette here. For this to happen, for there to be fifth dimension future humans to do this, McConaughey would have to survive in the first place. But he would have survived in the first place if it wasn't for the future humans. That's a paradox. That means this doesn't work. Yep. So it's nullified itself. This is now a stupid ending. They can throw as much science technical bullshit as they want. Stupid fucking ending. Not to the point that no, at no point was this really signposted. That you were going in for a weird movie. There was that thing at the start when Anne Hathaway says some, like, you know, pixelation oh, so like, like the rippling of time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and she puts her hand into it. It's the first handshake. Oh. With, with them. <laughs> because, because we think everything is God or aliens. But that was just, that could just be science, technical mumbo-jumbo. It, uh, the first handshake, which turns out to be a literal handshake. Yep, she was literally shaking Matthew Connors' hand. Fuck's sake. So... Right, now, this is another thing that was stupid. This was the overarching stupid with many precipitating stupids underneath it. This was the mother cloud of stupid. Right, here's some of the droplets. Right, he's trying to send the messages through. But that means he's already sent the messages through because he already received them in the past. So he knows how those messages turn out and yet he still does it. Yes. He knows that he's not going to stay because he didn't stay the first time. He can't stay because then he wouldn't be where he is. Paradox. So... He comes up with a grand scheme. At this point back on Earth, Murph has become convinced that something about this ghost has to be trying to tell her a message. We've abandoned all hope and logic. Um, what then happens is that she goes back to her brother's house. Her brother's gone a bit mental. That's a long story. She decides to burn his crops. She has to go out the house so she can go into the house to look at the bookcase again. She puts her watch on the bookcase that McConaughey gave her. McConaughey thinks, I know... I'll move the second hand in accordance to Morse code, and that'll send Murph an explanation. He does this. Murph looks at the watch and takes five fucking seconds 
to come to the complete and utter absolute solution that this is her father from the future who is sending her these messages. Like that. Yeah. No other thought of, it's a g- 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 ghost, or, well, my watch is broken. No, none of these things pop into her head. She immediately figures out what's going on. <laughs> then she goes outside. Her brother is coming to hurt her. He's angry. He just had his livelihood burnt. It's very important to the future of humanity that he didn't have all his crops burnt. He's coming to possibly kill Venom, which would have made him the hero of the movie. And no, hurt, of life. Of life. And hurt his sister. His sister simply stops this by going, Look, it's Dad! Dad. <laughs> yeah, and it's the stupidest line! That's if you can hear it over the fucking organ music! And no, but here's the thing, right? Her brother was portrayed as being a bit stupid. He's a farmer. He's angry at the world. What does he do when his crazy sister comes out and shows him a broken second hand and says, It's, it's Dad! Dad! He hugs her! And goes, yep! Sure is. Oh my god. <laughs> Bang my head. <laughs> oh god. I was so angry. I was like, you can't tell me I've spent two and a half hours of my life and now we're doing what they do in the Herbie movies where they just accept that the car can talk and no one questions it. Yeah. Of course it can talk. That's not a demonic hell beast. It can talk, okay. Same thing. That, yep, we're now on Herbie the Love Bug level of stupidity. <laughs> and just blindly accepting everything. It's so true. And then and then the movie just concludes itself by, you know, Murph finds him. She's now in her hundreds. He gives her a hug. He then steals a spaceship to go and visit Anne Hathaway. Yeah, a spaceship oh. which would have been handed by NASA because it's frigging Cooper. The guy who survived going through the other side of a black hole. Also, how the fuck can the robot talk to Matthew McConaughey in the time space dimension? Don't care. They don't see each other. That's not the stupidest part of this movie. If it involves the robots, I'll let it slide. This sounds like we're making it up. I know. But that's the crazy thing. Somebody (laughs) wrote down this scenario and said... Yep, that works. That Some, Somewhere, there's a script that says, Murph holds up the watch. Murph, colon, it's dad. Like, oh, oh Christ, really? God. So, and this is what I mean about this being, they just let Chris Nolan do whatever the fuck he wants. And it turns out, look, I'm not saying that Chris Nolan is now a bad director. I'm not saying that he doesn't have fantastic game-changing ideas. He clearly does. He's an incredibly talented man. But sometimes geniuses need a filter. Because genius and madness, as most people said, not that far apart. If he has manic creative energy, it has to be funneled and channeled. This movie points to he can't be left by himself. Do you know what? Actually, that's a thought. What this can kind of be equated to, this again feels sacrilegious that I'm doing this to Chris Nolan, and I apologise, but... This happened with Zack Snyder. They gave him 300 with constraints. Yes, actually, no, I know where you're going. Off. No, where you're going. They gave him Watchmen with constraints. constraints. Pulled it off. off. Then said, you know what, there's a blank check, go do whatever you want. And then Suck- we had Sucker, sucker punch. punch. This is Chris Nolan's <laughs> Sucker Punch. Yes, it makes sense now. You know what Chaos. I mean? Chaos! Chaos! <laughs> Just, oh, good God. And I, I, I don't want to be dead. I don't want to hate Chris Nolan. I'm not one of the people. I like, don't want to hate Chris Nolan. I don't want to hate this movie. But this movie makes me physically hurt. 
it's like people are just going to presume that because Chris Nolan has now got popular, we have to get the knives out for him. We have to catch him out because, God forbid, someone be great and just be great. That's not what happens here. I think, genuinely, you take the bookcase shit out and do the proposed ending. I'm not saying that I'm smarter than Chris Nolan, but if I would have had that proposed ending I came up with... It wouldn't. It would have made. It would have made for a happier ending. It would have got to his daughter when she was a bit younger, and it wouldn't have had to go into this scientific sh- shit. That's the that's problem. Even if you take out the bookcase ending, which is stupid beyond all belief, you've still got all of these little problems that just amount to a failure. I think. I mean, the fist fight on Hoth. Literally, the entire chapter of Hoth. Awful. The water planet. Redundant. The early Earth bit, slow as fuck. The Earth bits in between, boring to shit. And then it's like, and the whole thing, the the fucking, this is NASA, and they double-cross their own astronauts. Oh, yeah, we didn't even touch on that, did yeah. we? Mike O'Kane knew, solu- right, they had two solutions. Solution A, go and colonise a new planet with people still left on Earth. Option B, start a new colony with, fer- with frozen eggs and, and Frozen sperm. embryos, yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, what, Homo Sapiens Park, Homo Sapiens World. Yes. I don't know. Do, 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 do. But, <laughs> but right, Michael Caine, again through stupid scientific explanation, knew option A couldn't work. Now that was something that was really not explained. What was Michael Caine's equation? What was Murph working on that she cracked? Again, not quantum explained. mechanics. Uh, what are quantum mechanics? Um, well, quantum mechanics. Oh no! We've, we've, we've look at the pretty Saturn. Go and have a look. It's really. And it lovely. could have just been a simple humanity has to survive space movie. That's all it had to be. I think Nolan just can't help himself but put intellectual things in there, not to show off that he's intellectual. You know what it felt like. Go on. He f- he felt like he was writing like this this great humanity survival movie, and then he just went, "Shit! This movie's about space. Neil deGrasse Tyson might see this." I need to convince him I know what I'm Get me some science. Bring me all of the science. And then I'll turn that into dialogue. (sighs) The worst way to learn about science is just fucking, here is exactly how quantum mechanics works. You see this and this. I don't care. I have come to see a Christopher Nolan movie where I am blown away by the story. Stop force-feeding the science. I know he wants to come across, as, as you said, as the artiste. He wants to be shown as, like, some upper echelon intellectual movie maker for the masses. But there comes a point, this is an entertainment section of the world, okay? It is, all movies have to be entertaining in some way, shape or form. True. Were you entertained by Interstellar? In any way? There were parts, when the action, when it stopped trying to be, you know, the most intelligent movie ever made and just was like, right, here's some space action... Have at it. I was on board. The the bit with the tidal wave was fantastic. The panic, the rising, you know, that's when he clicked back into Dark Knight mode. It was like, yeah, right, dramatic music, swelling music, panic, time constraints, we've got to get going, we've got to, you know, do some stuff with the engine and stuff. It was like the start of Guardians of the Galaxy when it hit, hit by the water. You've got yeah. the jets in the front, right? That was cool. The docking sequence near the end was very tense. I was yeah, like, where he had to oh, speed up with the... Uh, that was really cool. I like that. I was like, oh, please get it. But but th- now it feels like I've been slighted because I had faith. It got me excited. And it was all building towards a bullshit ending. Yeah. 
which is the problem. He could think that he's... He could now think, even if people have now told him they didn't like it, he was like, well, it was intelligent. I did an intelligent thing. It was like, yeah, but if you've made a, an, in, an ending that maybe is intellectual, you're doing some very cool science stuff, but most people find stupid, you've failed. Yeah, true. Just because you like it. And this is the same Chris Nolan who actually makes interesting stories and interesting characters, where literally... All of the dialogue from the astronauts was like, let me explain exactly how I'm feeling. Don't interpret my acting. Here is exactly the situation. We should go to this planet. Why? Because I said we should go to this planet. However, you are being influenced by the love of another scientist. Yes, that is true, but please disregard that. Shut the fuck up and write some dialogue, for God's sake. Just talk about normal things. Not everything has to be... Tell me more about quantum mechanics. Well, quantum mechanics starts mm. thusly. Stop doing that. And he's like, this is exactly how I am feeling, and here are some lines that will sound good in the trailer. Stop it. Let us figure out these characters for ourselves. Let us make our own equations, not just, this is something I have to do because I am somewhat morally repugnant. Stop doing that. Just make humans. You're very well. For a film about the survival of the human race, it felt like we were saving the robots, and the robots were humans who were helping us, which makes no sense, but shut up. Yep. The more you think about it, the more this is just sucker punch. The, yeah. It's right. They are two completely different ends of the scale. One is trying to be... Well, no, is it? They're both batshit. They're just doing it in different uh, ways. Yeah, they're, they're exactly. The, 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 the through line is that they're both mental, but one's trying to pretend that it's not mental. It's actually, this is all science. One kind of accepts its stupidity but doesn't go far enough with it. And then uh, it's both weird realities, weird things that Chris Nolan would probably, you know, punch you in the face if you dare try to compare his work to something as stupid and throwaway and commercial as Sucker Punch was, but True. they equate to the exact same thing. Also, again, this is not, this is not, I don't want this to be my final word, which is kind of like, hi dad, I'm, t- I'm leaving you this video message, even though I've not spoken to you 30 years, because I'm amazing at holding a, gr- a grudge. However, now is the time to speak to you because the plot says so. The, the plot says so is the baseline of this movie. It's kind of like, hang on, how comes this like this? Because I said so and it will look nice. Now shut up. Like, stop. You're very right. Make a movie with a good story and good characters before you go, how can I force science down people's throats? How can I disprove religion? You're very right. Like, stop. Okay. Just stop. Let's let's get off the anger train, okay? Because uh, what time are you on now? About 50 minutes in. Okay, right. I think we can wrap it up now. I think we've said all of their bad beefs about it. I... What do we think this will mean for Nolan going forward? Hopefully a filter. Can you check... Um, Rotten Tomatoes and yes. and Metacritic just to see what see if we're in the minority or the majority because I've seen both sides of the arguments I've had people say that Interstellar is some beautiful masterful we just don't you know the things we don't get we don't get because we're stupid but that's okay type of deal and others say that he's a, a terrible terrible train wreck of a movie let's find out so let's Let's have a look. Okay, shall so we? box office Interstellar seventy three percent approval. Now I think this is going to be one of those movies that the critics, because from a technical standpoint, if we just take in takes plot out of it, from a technical standpoint, this is a fantastic movie. It's brilliantly beautiful. The CGI is fantastic throughout. That's brilliant, but and and I, I found this when a movie tries to be intelligent, what really intelligent. 
they tend to give it more of the burden because Iron Man three tried to be a bit more intelligent and and uh, what's the word? Uh, intelligent works. I'm just going to use intelligent again. Just say intelligent. Intelligent. And Iron Man three has a better score than Iron Man two, but I prefer Iron Man two because it knew it, it was an Iron Man better service what I wanted it to do. Yes, better adaption. Yes, that's that's bizarre. Oh look, even the viewers one is eighty seven. Wow, we're really in the minority. We are. However, I do want to point out, Interstellar, 73%. Paddington, 96%. (laughs) What fucking universe do we live in, Darren? Jesus wept. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Do I even want to look at the Dumb and Dumber 2? Let me put my head through the wall. Uh, I don't want to see it. Don't don't see it. it. Yeah. I'd like to think that this is going to... Some... This is the problem, though. If it's making all the money and the critics love it, that means we might get more... That Chris Nolan is now just going to go even more up his own ass. Think I can do no wrong. Now I'm, this is going to be the blueprint for all Nolan movies going forward. Also, do you know who kind of no, what Nolan seems to me now is the man who can have no fun. Yeah, it wasn't a very joy-filled movie. Not that Inception was a joy-filled movie, but it had little moments of like you mustn't be afraid to dream bigger, darling. And like like, stuff like that. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Like we can have fun, but. Well, that's okay, not... maybe this is more a comment on Nolan as a person. As a director? No, as a person. Oh, okay. But there was a comment made about um, Dark Knight in relation to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's just kind of like how they compare and contrast and yeah. so on. And somebody brought up post credit scenes, and he was just kind of like, no, real movies don't have post credit scenes. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, wow, you're a joyless fuck, aren't you? And he's just kind of like, Nolan the artiste is seemed to be the prevailing... Um, personality of this guy rather than Nolan the filmmaker a filmmaker makes things for people to enjoy an artist makes things because he thinks they're good mm-hmm. that is where I think he's ended up with Interstellar yeah. Yeah, the problem we've just mentioned is that we mentioned that Zack Snyder did this with Sucker Punch we mentioned that Chris Nolan did this with Interstellar these are the two people tasked with DC yep there we go good god Batman vs Superman is looking a lot less like a good movie now we, we can now officially start to get worried. Yeah. Man of Steel wasn't that great. I have no You know what? You know, if you wait up, they've both made more enjoyable movies than they made bad movies. True. This is the first... I, have, I admit I haven't seen all of Chris Nolan's movies. I haven't seen Memento. I haven't seen uh, Wrecking for a Dream or anything like that. But this is... Of the four... Uh, of the, the five I've seen, this is the only one I consider bad. I'm not Inception's biggest fan. I love that movie. But I, 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 I get it. Okay. Of the two big space movies we've had this year, Interstellar and Guardians of the Galaxy, oh, yes. I think we know which one we enjoyed more. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with making stuff that's entertaining. Exactly. It I doesn't have to it be is. intelligent. It doesn't have to be, you know, improving people's okay, lives. Okay. Which one do you think we will see more of? Will we, will we see more of the fun-loving, snarky, yet serious space opera? Or will we see more of this sort of like humanity ingrained space drama going forward because space is making a big comeback as we've said that this may be the year of the space I think Star Wars will be the barometer because Star Wars has always skirted the line nicely between family friendly fun and some serious stuff because like for example Empire and Sith the two best Star Wars movies in my opinion are quite serious and dare they both end on bad notes true you know like the end of episode 3 everything is broken yeah they only have Baby Luke to depend on. He is kind of a new hope, I suppose. But good night, everybody. I'd like to think they're going to go this way. But, but a better question: 
in 10 years' time, which movie will be better remembered, Interstellar or Guardians of the Galaxy? I, th- I, think, I think Interstellar will always be a part of... Well, Nolan made Interstellar, and that's interesting because... Blah, 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 but which one am I more likely to put on? Fucking Guardians. I crave watching that movie. Mm-hmm. That movie is just two hours of fun. I think this I, movie was three hours of pain. This would be something you bring up when talking about Christopher Nolan. You wouldn't bring it up by itself. No, you know what I mean. It's it's. Whereas like, like even outside of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, with Guardians of the Galaxy, you could go, dude, remember that bit in Guardians of the Galaxy? Or wasn't this good in Guardians of the Galaxy? Whereas like Interstellar, I think will be kind of like Nolan's a really great director because of Dark Knight and because of Inception. Then you go, well, hang on, Interstellar was kind of a polarizing movie, and that's the only reason to you, bring you up this bring movie. it up in the context of a discussion on Chris Nolan. Whereas the Dark Knight, you can bring up if you're not even, you're not even aware that Chris Nolan directed, you could still bring it yeah, up. Yeah, you and can talk go, about oh, that. that's a nice Batman T-shirt like the Dark Knight. So, there we go, done. I don't want this to be. I'm not saying that intelligent movies are inherently bad or should should be stopped or anything like that, but. They have to understand that, you know, especially something that is marketed like this as being a blockbuster, it has to it has to have cross-appeal. You can't just go up your own ass with the scientific stuff and it'll make sense to the 2% of people in the world that couldn't stand it. That's not how you make movies. Okay? If you, if you want to teach them a bit of science in hopes that they go and look into it further, cool. But you've got to be... You've got to have an entrance way. You can't be like that. So I'm not saying that all intelligent movies are bad. I do tend to like stupider movies. I admit to that as a person. But, I, and I don't think Chris Nolan's now doomed. I don't think he's now become an M. Night Shyamalan type No, figure. no, no. It's not the end for Nolan. No, he's, not even He's still it. got an opportunity to redeem himself. There was himself. still a lot of good things about this movie. Visually, fantastic. I liked the acting more than you did and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was on board up until the last 20 minutes. But I now hope this doesn't become the blueprint, is my only worry. So, in conclusion, I can't recommend you go and see this as I echoed earlier. I can't recommend going to see this because, as you can see, it goes stupid. It goes full retard. Yeah. In the words of... Um, um, Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, this was Chris Nolan going full... Let's, full just, let's just be stupid. Yeah, it's like... Let's just, you went oh, full retard. You Never went full retard. Full retard. Um, yeah. Don't, don't go watch this movie. Save your money. Go watch something that you're going to enjoy. I echo that. If you're going to see a movie about space this year, make it go into the galaxy. If you're going to go and see an interesting... Movie with a great plot this year, make it Gone Girl. If you're going to go and see a Nolan movie this year, rewatch The Dark Knight. There is there is no reason to recommend this movie. No. Other than it looks pretty. But if it's prettiness you want, go to an art gallery. There you go. Pop your head in the door for five minutes on your way out from watching The Hunger Games and be like, that's a pretty shot of space. And then yeah. you go, that's all you need. That's all you need to do. Okay. That was a that was an experience, Michael. That we was... Invented. I'm yeah. glad we were both on the same page. I was worried you were going to like it, and then we were going to end up fighting. I was. I think. I, I felt more apologetic too, but the more and more I thought about it, I was just kind of like, that was a shitty movie. That was just sad. I think it's going to get. A, it's getting away right now on the back of. It's a Nolan movie. Nolan movie can't possibly be stupid. Yeah. I think in retrospect, this is going to be something that declines in people's My opinion. closing comment is Interstellar is the reverse Scott Pilgrim. Interstellar is a decent enough movie on first watch, but gets worse and worse and worse and worse the more you think about it. Scott Pilgrim was a decent enough movie when you saw it, but gets better every time you think about it. I'll give you that. Well done, Michael. Wow, we've compared Interstellar 2. Let's rattle these off. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, The Room, The Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy, Indiana Jones, The Temple of the Crystal Skull, and Sucker Punch. Wow. (laughs) What a fantastic... We, We can never say that we are nothing but complete... 
No, we put it in the medium that we can understand, yeah. which is what Chris Nolan should have done. Yes. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, guys. Of course, keep it tuned to our SoundCloud for more podcasts in the future. We'll be having a lot of uh, re- like end of year stuff yeah. coming soon. We're hoping to have it. something on Christmas. Hopefully. On paper, it's very fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, great. we're going to have some end of the year wrap-ups, some previews for 2015. We'll hopefully try and get around to Hunger Games as well. We will try our absolute best, mm-hmm. but obviously we have conflicting schedules, a very busy time of year, so for all your updates with what we're doing, head over to our SoundCloud, head over to Facebook, which is both under Foul Entertainment, our Twitter at Foul ENT. Darren, plug away. Uh, go check out my website, thegoodtreadslog.co.uk, or go check me out on Twitter. I am at Daz of the G. My website is the Goodtreads. The Guthrie Log? The Guthrie Log. Yeah, okay. You can find find me personally at that, Mike Owen. Other than that, guys, thank you very much for listening. We hope you do follow our advice. Interstellar is a bad movie. Thank you very much, and good night. (laughs) 